Hey babes, Ashley here. I have a kind heart, a potty mouth. It's probably the rap music. And damn it, I miss my friends. But if I can't snuggle them in person, thanks COVID. I thought, why not build community here? So grab a drink, climb in bed, and let's hang out. Wait, is that weird? I'm on a mission to live my life unapologetically, which tends to look a little different every day. But one thing remains the same. It's a guilt-free zone. No shame here, sister. Each episode, we'll tackle real-life shenanigans, and you'll leave laughing, crying, or feeling as lit up as your crazy aunt at Christmas. Ready or not? Girl talk. Hey, bonus episode. Okay, so I really didn't know that I was going to do this when I decided to talk about infertility and IVF, but I am now at the point where I feel like it would be leaving something out if I didn't cover this, and so I'm just going to toss it in as a bonus real fast because it's monumental and it's a huge part of our life, and I don't want to hide that from y'all. Also, it's something that is not talked about enough, and if I can help even one person feel less alone in this, I a thousand percent want to because I was desperate for somebody to understand when I was walking through it. So I am going to read my final blog post from my infertility IVF journey and then we will move forward from this series and move on to new things. So here we go. Wow, it's been a long time since I even looked at my blog, let alone typed in it. Over a year to be exact. For the first few months I tried. I would open it up and want to type, but my hands would lay blankly on the keys and my heart and mind would race. You see, our IVF journey was successful, but it also came with pain, and I wasn't ready to share that part of the journey. Then, by the time I was ready, it seemed like too much time had passed, and the thought of trying to catch up seemed daunting. Baby B. You may remember when we did our FET, frozen embryo transfer, in July 2016 that we chose to transfer two embryos. It wasn't a decision that we took lightly. I even discussed our decision in the post-IVF number two update. I was so confident moving forward with two embryos. I thought I was ready for whatever that would mean. Unfortunately, I was only looking through the lens of two successful embryos. Surprise! Both were successful. We found out at our first ultrasound that we were pregnant with twins. We decided that we would announce that we were pregnant, but keep it to ourselves that we were expecting two sweet babies. We were cautiously optimistic, but baby B was smaller than baby A, and we knew that could mean loss. We were incredibly sad, but tried to stay positive and prayed diligently that baby B would catch up. The next two weeks went by dreadfully slow. We began making plans, but were so afraid of what our next appointment would reveal. At our eight-week appointment, we were blown away by the progress that baby B had made. He caught up to baby A and was looking strong and healthy, and we heard and saw both heartbeats and both little raspberries. We were overjoyed and let the warm feelings of love and appreciation wash over us. We were pregnant with not only one, but two healthy little babies. Our dreams were coming true. We went about the next two weeks as jolly as could be which meant smiling through constant vomit, but who cared? There were two miracles growing inside me, two times the hormones. Of course I was sick. We started to dream of plans, to talk about names, to make guesses for what gender they would be, our sweet babies. We decided to do what was called the Maternity 21 Test at 10 weeks. It was a simple blood draw and would let us know how healthy our babies were and if there were any abnormalities, and if we had a boy or not. The test only tests for the Y chromosome, so it would let us know if there were only girls or if there were at least one boy. 
We went to our 10-week, two-day appointment on September 8, 2016. We drove to the doctor that morning in an excited hurry, eager to check on our sweet babies. We did the blood draw first, and I hopped up on the table. That day, we had a different ultrasound tech and a resident doctor. I remember her introducing herself, but didn't pay much attention through the excitement. She quickly found baby A, and our hearts were soaring. Then she started looking for B. It was clear in moments that something was wrong. It felt like the electricity had been sucked out of the room. She was trying to hold a smile, but it was evident that they couldn't find baby B. They pushed so hard, searching. She tried to lightly explain that sometimes with twins, one is just hiding behind the other, so she tried a vaginal ultrasound. No baby B. She went back to my abdomen and pushed so hard, I remember simultaneously wanting to hit her and being so anxious that I didn't care. She found baby B nestled behind baby A, and she found a heartbeat. For a moment, I felt like life starting to pick back up. But watching B's little heart patter, it was clear something was wrong. It was the softest, dullest thud. It was the sound of heartbreak. Baby B was still alive, but we were losing him. Not only was his heart barely there, but he was too small. He was actually smaller than he was two weeks previous, and I'm not even sure how that happens. In that moment, I couldn't even look at Shay. I knew the pain I would face. I knew the horror. I knew if I looked to him, I wouldn't be able to keep myself composed. I forced myself to focus on her words, but I already knew what they were saying before I could hear them. Baby A is very healthy. I'm so sorry to say that baby B is not going to make it. Loss. Loss is loud and silent. Loss is sickening and consuming. Loss is unfair and impossible to process. Loss is pain. White, hot pain. I got dressed and finally looked at Shay, who was breaking down in the chair. I remember thinking that I have never seen him so broken. He looked frail. It was painful to see him so hurt. After we composed ourselves the best we could, we opened the door to meet with our doctor. If you've ever experienced loss, you know the feeling of watching the earth keep spinning and lives keep moving and not really experiencing it. It felt like too much, and I wanted to run out of the office. Our doctor let us know that we would have to keep an eye on baby B and make sure that my body was taking care of him, and that no damage would be caused to baby A. She also informed us that baby B was likely unhealthy and that there was no reason to send in the maternity 21 test because it would be inconclusive with the current state of my uterus. I left the hospital that day carrying two children, my two children, knowing that no matter what I did, one was dying. Losing a twin is an impossible balance. I was grieving. My heart was broken. I wanted to curl up and hide from the world. However, I was still carrying a very healthy baby A who needed a healthy mommy. It was so hard to eat, sleep, take care of myself in general, but it wasn't an option. Baby A deserved the very best I could give her. It was an incredibly difficult task. Losing a twin is a difficult balance when no one knew you were carrying twins to begin with. We were experiencing a miscarriage, but we were still pregnant. Shay was supposed to work that evening and had to take himself off the flight. This meant meeting with the commander and explaining his situation. Not comfortable for either of us. Squadrons are small, and neither of us were ready to let people into this pain. We were so blessed that his commander handled the situation incredibly. Losing a twin is awkward. Not for me exactly, but for others. You see, when someone hears that you lost a twin, almost always the conversation ends with the phrase, at least you still have one, the other, baby A. Please, for the love of all that is holy, do not ever say that to anyone, ever. 
Having a healthy child does not make the pain of losing a child more bearable. Miscarriages in general are difficult. It is hard to understand if you haven't experienced it, and it is hard to support someone through something that you don't understand. Another common phrase is, everything happens for a reason. Also, absolutely unacceptable. Regardless of whether or not you feel that way, no one in their deepest sorrow will ever appreciate that phrase. Maybe everything does happen for a reason, but no one in the depths of their pain will ever be able to accept or understand any possible reason for losing their child. The only acceptable responses are, I'm sorry, I'm praying for you, I'm here for you. Sorry, that was a tangent, but it needed to be said. The loss of a twin, especially in the first trimester, is referred to as vanishing twin, which means that typically your body will reabsorb the baby. Because I was at 10 weeks and baby B was still alive, meaning I was still carrying twins as I approached my second trimester, I was referred to a perinatologist, a high-risk OB. Our appointment with him was at 12 weeks. On September 21st, we learned that we had indeed lost baby B. It was an odd appointment because it was our first at this office. We knew to expect this loss or to be as prepared as we could be, but the new office did not. They were devastated for us, which honestly was oddly helpful. I've always been the type of person to hold it together when I feel like other people are struggling, so watching the tech nurse and the doctors be heartbroken as they told us put me in the position of saying, it's okay, we knew this was happening, which was a much easier way for me to digest the information than being coddled. Choosing the doctor we did was no small task. I had seen him speak on a panel previously and had a recommendation from a previous family I worked with. I knew I wanted him and was terrified that losing our baby B was going to mean having to find a new doctor. However, he wanted me to stay on with him, regardless of whether or not we were expecting twins because he wanted to monitor baby B's departure, if you will. This decision saved Lexi's life. It has been over a year, now four, since we lost B and it's still hard. I feel like the wind has been knocked out of me every time I see twins. I feel sick to my stomach when people are expecting twins because I'm terrified they'll have the same loss that we did. I struggle with Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, the song, or the decor, as that was the theme we chose for the twins' nursery. This is bittersweet because it was Lexi's favorite song as a baby. It always soothed her, and we took that as a sweet sign that baby B was with her. Loss never stops. I look at Lexi all the time and imagine what B would have looked like. How would they get along? Does she know she's missing part of her? There will always be so many questions, and there will always be pain. I refer to our sweet baby B as he, because there's no doubt in my mind that's exactly what he was, a precious baby boy. I know it in my soul. I knew I was carrying a boy before I even knew it was twins. A peculiar thing happened, though, after our loss. I knew it wasn't a boy anymore. I walked into our anatomy scan with Lexi, knowing for certain that I was carrying a little girl. My mama heart knows, and for Shay and I, that is enough. Oh, man, that's that's hard. And, um, it's wild because I could write this exact same post now and they, Lexi just turned four. They would have both been four this week. I want to talk about how I said, um, that the decision to stay with that doctor saved Lexi's life. And I want to talk about how that happened and, and why now I remember, um, baby B in a lot different light than I did when I was walking through that loss and pain. Obviously it's still incredibly painful. It still makes me cry. It's still hard to accept. Um, but he did save her life. So we stayed with the high risk doctor and I had an incredibly challenging pregnancy. I was very, very sick the entire pregnancy. I ended up on three different medications to try to help me not throw up as often so that I could keep healthy weight. I 
um, had every single, my sister just this weekend actually joked about how if you looked up pregnancy symptoms and side effects that I had every single one of them. I had the nausea. I had the heartburn. I had, um, placenta previa. I had pup, which is this horrendous rash. It is absolutely miserable. It was awful. Um, but most notably, while they were monitoring me, they found that I had a super rare condition called Vesa Previa, which is very different than Placenta Previa. Vesa Previa is when one of the baby's veins or blood vessels is not inside the umbilical cord, which is incredibly dangerous. So if I had gone into natural labor, when my water broke, it would have ruptured the vein and that would have taken the life of Lexi and probably also my life because I lived far enough away from the hospital and you can't know that's there unless it's caught earlier. Um, so because I was monitored so closely by this doctor's office after losing baby B, we found that I had Vesa Previa. I was able to take the precautions that needed to be taken. I went into hospital bed rest for three weeks and had a planned C-section five weeks early. And then Lexi spent some time in the NICU. So after all of this, and because I was such a ridiculous case for this poor doctor, he was truly such a godsend. And he gave me his personal phone number so I could text him if I needed anything because my symptoms were changing so rapidly. And, um, he took really good care of me and after I had Lexi he came up to the NICU to visit her and brought me a picture from my c-section and showed me the vein that was outside of the umbilical cord and it was the size of a pencil it was huge it definitely would have taken the life of both Lexi and I had it not been caught and it would not have been caught if I wasn't at this high-risk doctor because of baby B and he straight up said to me she is a miracle it is a miracle you are here he saved her life and that losing a child there's never like closure but it definitely helped give his life purpose and just made us feel really protected and grateful and it was just such a moment and we're just so incredibly grateful that we are where we are with our healthy girl and knowing that he's looking out for her is really special to us so um sorry this is a heavy episode but like I said it was monumental for us and there is no way that I could move forward without sharing his life and just knowing that vanishing twin does happen but it is really challenging really really challenging and not very many people talk about it and I felt very alone walking through it and so if I can even be helpful or a shoulder or a me too for anybody who's experienced that I am happy to be that so Thank you guys again for walking through all of these emotions with us and for being so wonderful. And I am so excited to chat about something different next week. So tune back in and we will tackle a new topic together. Love you guys. 
Thank you. I know you could choose anyone to listen to, and I appreciate that you chose me. If this podcast made you laugh, hit you in the feels, or inspired you to live your best life, please do me a favor and share it. Take a quick screenshot, share it on social, and tag me. I'd love to give you a heartfelt thank you and start building a bestie community in real life. Cannot wait for more Girl Talk. Chat soon.